How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so it can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Talking about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was Start really a podcast. Good. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, epic this voice week on the property part. <laughs> That's right, crew. Welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly dip into the property market with Aaron Horn, your host, and our two real estate agents, John McGregor and Patrick Berry. How are we, guys? Doing good, gentlemen. Very excited to be here. You're very excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. It's, a be- it's actually been a cracking week in Tassie. Everything's kind of uh, fallen into place and it's, what, end of month today and things are going really well. Yeah, it's been the a agency. crazy month at mm. the agency. Yeah, mm. so I, I guess... I don't like to toot my own horn, but it has been busy. And well, I'm, toot away. And I must say, it's kind of nice to go from my desk, like five minutes away into the studio rather than driving all the way from Moona, which is not a long way. To That's drive. right, people, in case you haven't forgot, <laughs> yeah. you don't remember, John now works for us and he sits yep. right next to Aaron and I daily. Yeah, yeah. It's great. And- that's interesting. It's funny. <laughs> it's actually funny how much work is getting done considering yeah. we're yeah, all yeah. in the same venue all at the yeah. same time. It's um, it's interesting. I was like, I wonder how we're all going to like fall into place because mm. funnily enough – your dad, Pat, was um, cleaning out his old office, which they're going to turn into kind of a um, mm. breakout room. Breakout, breakout room, room, sort staff of thing. Room. So he's come up to me yesterday with this staff, um, sorry, class picture of your year three class at Dominic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why that was in his office, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> well, he had a few portraits of you in there, like a, like a, as a real young, like you, you know, when you do the glamour shoots with like a denim jacket with oh, fur yeah. on and stuff. And My denim jacket had a Batman logo on the back. Oh, I did it? Loved it. Oh, Jeez. see, they missed the best bit of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to throw it over my shoulder. <laughs> Well, he's brought out the pictures and he's like, where are you in this? And I said, oh, no, I didn't join the party until year seven. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. But there was you, John, in there. There was kind of Anthony Triffitt. There was Marco Bologna. There was all the old school crew. And it was amazing to think like you've come from these tiny, tiny little tackers. Yeah. And now you're working side by side in – and well, the first thing Paul said too is like, if you're looking for Pat, look for Parker. It's just look, you look for your son. Oh yeah, carbon copy. Yeah, yeah, yep. So yes, we have been uh, having a bit of fun in the new office space, but we're also um, down to business. And speaking I, of getting down to business, just before we jump into anything further, I um I have to report that I have been reprimanded. Reprimanded. <gasps> bum bum bum. Mm, wow. I've been in a I've been in a bit of trouble on the home front, and I kind of have to uh have to apologise to part of the team. And I also kind of will have to show I'll, – I'll just play this little clip and you guys listen to this and, and tell me what you think of this. Oh, I love right. when he brings a clip in. <laughs> yeah, I love bringing clips in as well. Here we go. But this clip, I'm, I'm very sorry. Hello, boys. I've been listening to your podcast every week and I'm quite impressed with what I'm learning. But I do think that you've been picking on Pat a little bit lately. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you should put in a little bit. And let Pat have his say when he wants to say something. Oh, that's, uh, so I've been told oh. to pull my head in. <laughs> All right. I've been – Nana, let me know. I've need to pull my head in. All right. Stop picking on Pat for not talking. Uh, Pat, Pat gets, a, he gets a whole pass for the next couple of weeks. But Look, listen. it's all about quality, not quantity, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is what the fans are demanding. I've, we actually went down to Kingston Beach on the weekend. It was beautiful. We took my son and the family down and Nan was like she, – she didn't even say, like, I'm enjoying the podcast. She's like, you need to stop picking on Pat. <laughs> Damn straight. 
Well, mate, it's, uh, I guess the show's all yours now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, put your mics down. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, you'll, you'll listen to the property pub with Patrick Berry. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> now I couldn't do the show without you, boys. I'd like Aaron says, run out of stuff to say, but no, look, I'll do my best today to good. to have my input. And just know you've got your fans out there. That's it. Clearly, Nan's a fan. Boom. So the hot property news coming out of, I think, Seven News was the uh, article that we found this week that says Tasmania has pulled ahead of Victoria and is the country's top state. Oh, what a sizzling news story you've got there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as I read that out loud, I'm just like, it's not too hard. It's to, coming in hard. It's not too hard to be beating Victoria. <laughs> no, it's not fair it's because it's actually an Australia-wide yeah, article yeah, that yeah. it's referring to and it was produced by Comsec, which is Commonwealth Bank's business to Department. So as we read a bit further, it does say for the first time since October 2009, Tasmania has been ranked the best performing state in Australia in its own right, mm. according to Comsec. Well, there's a first for everything. And three months ago, Tasmania shared the top spot with Victoria, which is now second place and risks a further decline with all their uh, COVID-19 stuff. But what does it kind of mean in terms of why are we the best state? Well, I think personally... When there's so what it's referring to is the confidence in the market. So people are out spending money, they're out enjoying themselves. Like an example, I went out to Boodle Beasley on Wednesday night and it was absolutely mm. chockers upstairs yep. and downstairs. So everyone's we're lucky in Tassie because we don't have the cases that people are back to normal and out enjoying life. And what that's doing is creating a sense of confidence and a sense of like um, job security. They feel good about themselves and yep. all that really does is well as it strengthens our position from real estate agents as well because when there's confidence in your job, there's confidence in the market, things sell. Well, you're confident in your life because you're ready to, you know, make some big changes, make yeah. some big shifts. And look, we've seen that huge this month in the office. It's been flat stick, like mm. a huge amount of listings coming through. Most of them have already resold and yep. it's just been a really active marketplace over the last 30 days. So I'm not surprised that we are topping the list at the moment. Well, and that's been um, in, in every direction from the city to the suburbs to the to rural. Like we're just, all of them have just had really strong interest it, and it's locals. It's it locals does seem really fast mm. when I'll be putting up – um, the marketing materials and sending them through to the agents. It's kind of yeah. like their offers are coming thick and fast again yeah. where there was that kind of period. I guess there was uncertainty earlier in the year where everything slowed down into kind of what's going to happen. Mm. But, yeah, kind of it's such a strange idea at the moment. I kind of almost forgot about all this stuff that's been going on in 2020 with the chaos. I was just kind of driving along and being like, oh, yeah, I'd listen to this other podcast and they were discussing mm. how the lockdowns are affecting Victoria and there's all these Karens with their masks in Bunnings and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it just seems so far removed from the I culture of what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just can't comprehend some of this stuff that's going on with like I'm it, I'm going to film me going up to a Bunnings employee and I'm going to post it on the internet and be a hero and it's – <laughs> Sorry, off that is off field. That has got nothing to do with what we're trying to talk about. But but basically, it's so strange that that's happening out like just across the border, across the yeah, pond, so, so close, so really close to home. But everything yeah. feels quite secure in mm. what we're doing here. And it's that magical moat we have. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I actually, love um, the moat. So yesterday, I was, I was chatting to one of the guys looking after workplace safety. So as an inspector, 
Um, and that's been a really interesting uh, position for him apparently because most of this stuff at this point is dedicated to ensuring that businesses are maintaining their requirements under the new COVID legislation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for him, for him obviously, is that they don't want to it's, – it's always a painful to have to slap businesses on the wrist but because, you know, I would think that the biggest challenge is because the business needs to start making money again. Um, consumers are starting to want to, you know, purchase again and you've got this real contention between, you know, the businesses when the, and consumers want to be active but then, of course, legislation still running in the middle um, outside of the normal what everyone's been used to for their whole lives. Yeah, I'd hate to be the workplace safety inspectors at the moment because oh, yeah. their job would be pretty intense. It'd be hard to like. I think one of the challenges he had obviously was with um, pubs and clubs, especially because uh, if you, I mean, for for a job like ours, we're fortunate. You know, it's not exactly going to make a huge big difference. We can. Still I don't know. I had to fill out like a forty-five page document for those guys, John. There was a fair bit in it. No, so. don't you remember? You thought you had to fill out the document, oh, and you got yeah. to tricked, the last page. They, if he's listening, they tricked me, John. <laughs> <laughs> I filled the whole damn thing out, got to the last page and it says, you don't need to send it anywhere, where at the start of the email it sounded like I needed to fill this I'll out. Be running. <laughs> yeah, and then email it off to them for them to review. So I spent yeah. all this time doing it, got to the last page and said, just keep it on file in case we come in to visit you. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Well, at least it's there. Well, yeah. that's it. It forced at me to do there. it. Yep. It actually reminded me of a test that we did in year three at Dominic where the, the actual test was just to read the document and oh. you didn't have to do anything apart from the teacher just was trying it. to teach you to read the whole thing before you started. Clever. And okay. the last page was just bring it up to the counter. But all of us are sitting there scribbling down these maths answers trying to do just the Just get test. it done. It never, never had to be done in the first place. Yeah. No. <laughs> who who would have been the one in the class that did it right? Who who do you think would have um, read through it the whole way through? Elise Gleaner. Yeah, she was solid at math. But yeah. there was a few others too. Um, which, oh, well, speaking of math tests, do you remember mm. the time me and you were in the front of O'Keefe's class and oh. we had the, <laughs> the example sheet right in front of us yeah. and yeah. every question on the test was from the example yeah, sheet. Yeah, it was exact same. We filled out the whole thing. He's like, what are you guys doing with that? And we're like, oh, aren't you allowed to have that? Are you, yeah, are you allowed to have the example sheet? Well, he's supposed to change the test. That was his fault, not ours. <laughs> that was the first time we, we ever got a good mark in that class. <laughs> Well, see, but here's the thing was too, remember, you'd, um, he wouldn't grab the pieces of paper. He'd just um, call out what you got. So he'd be handing it back. And so the thing is, is that if you weren't, a, you know, A-star student, which I wasn't, you just had, you know, if I didn't do well in the test, you, I couldn't give my, you know, didn't want to give oh, myself yeah. a D. So you just, I couldn't give myself an A. So you had to slide right in the middle somewhere, maybe a B- minus or something, you know. So uh, at least then. You hid in the pack. Hid in the pack, that's right. Don't want to don't don't be the zebra, you know. Anyway. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're just talking about really important things like how yeah. the country is semi on lockdown. Yeah, with all maths equations <laughs> and, and problems. Uh, I feel like we got a little bit off track there, but bottom line is that article where we started this whole rant yeah. was pretty positive for the state. Yes. And I mm. think it's reflecting in day-to-day life from what we're seeing on yeah. the ground. And not with locals just wanting to get on with it. I mean, I, I booked, I've booked um, an Airbnb in a couple of weeks' time to take a few days off um, just with the same instance that, well, because, you know, that thought was, well, normally you'd probably, oh, why don't we take off somewhere? It was like, no, stuff it. Let's just, where's, where's somewhere I haven't stayed before and I'll go, I'll go stay there instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, but I guess the thing is because, it's so awkward for us to travel anywhere at the moment, but if you still want a bit of um, bit of you know breathing space, just still go local. I guess the the benefit of living in this moated state that we have with water around us is that we are in a position where we can travel, where we're not locked in our houses or hotel rooms, and mm. and in this quarantine bunker, and hopefully you know we can maintain that in this state, and things like the article stay that we've saying that we're you know top state at the moment. 
which is, you know, we're normally the laughing stock down here in Tassie. Mm. And now they're well, all jealous. One, one of the really yeah. exciting things, and I thought about this quite some time ago, where if Tassie could ever set itself up as, a, as like with a, a very well um, established um, uh, technology base. So, if you know, we had ridiculously good internet connection, just that. Yeah, right. that's um, the end of that conversation. Yeah, I know, right? But um, because obviously everyone's had to really adapt to the way they do their work, um, if then, you know, because they realise, oh, maybe you don't have to be um, centrally located where you are working, could be a very well-established remote centre, Tassie could really um, set itself apart in that way down the road, knowing if anyone does want to escape and have this little island, well, and they can still be really well-connected to the world, that would actually be a really good driver for the uh, as an attraction to the state as well. I could be way off here and this might be um, – he might have got me hook, line and sinker, but have you guys seen on the Instagram that Hobart Rock City um, character? Not yet, no. It's kind of like does all these memes that are based around Hobart and stuff, but he had something like to do with the call centre culture of Hobart, like how many mm-hmm. call centres are around. He said something like, like per capita or something by size, we've got the highest call centre rate in like the whole world or something. Like it's even more than you would imagine in – your Manilas or your yeah, got gotcha. you. So like, by a population versus employment. I'm gonna have to call bullshit. I know, that. but he like he got me hook, line, and sinker. I was just like, I don't know if that's legit or not. But maybe it's per capita. So it's because <laughs> yeah. we're it's a small population, a small population, and because there's so and, many people that will be working in it. And then you break down to the amount of um, working people, then to the job opportunities versus then the call center of people of that proportion. It might make sense. Yeah. I was just, I was Interesting. just rolling with John's oh, yeah. technology <laughs> speak. Uh, well, and I was just saying maybe a- we're already kind of half there, but I also might have been um, tricked by a meme. <laughs> so if you're out there, Hobart Rock City or whatever your name is on Instagram, you got me. You got me good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th- I mean, I guess um, uh, the other thing I, I don't know well enough yet, but in terms of obviously the hospitality industries will still be hurting. I don't think there's any, um, quite, you know, disillusion about that because for all of a sudden we've lost our two million. Um, visitors a year for them or however many were there were. Um, so I guess that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I guess there's ways of pivoting though, like Pat said he was out recently and that was chock-a-block for locals people. To drive locals, yeah. You're talking about um, travelling in the state. So yeah. there's right, like obviously it's not as booming as it was but there are ways that those industries are bouncing back. Yeah, it's, well, I think um, – I guess it, – it, I know this – there's a story I have for when I um, when I first got into real estate with our old group. I go to real estate conferences, and they'd say where you're from, and you know if I just said Tassie, the, the jokes would immediately start, and they'd be like, "Oh, where's your two heads?" and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But um, you know, all these years later, I'd go to the same conference and speak to the same people, and they wouldn't go, "Oh, Tassie, two heads." I'd go, "Tassie, I've always wanted to be there." So just the whole perception of this state's completely changed. And yeah. I think um, after then, you know, this cultural shift, and I think with Mona being a seminal part of that identity, um, Tasmanians are proud about Tassie. So I think then we're excited to support Tasmanian businesses too. Um, So it'd be nice to know that we could continue this sense of um, interstate pride, I guess, as a um, just to say, well, look, let's just support each other so that, you know, when stuff does go wrong, we're still going to be okay. Um, And I think with, you know, trying to think out loud, I suppose, that'd be actually really nice little um, thing that might come from this uh, event for Tasmanians. We're like, well, let's all look after each other. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, hopefully at the end of this you know, there's kind of two sides of things. We're talking about the Karens before and the non-Karens, but mm. hopefully as a globe we can all kind of just look after each other and kind of get to the point where it's like let's do this for the greater good rather than kind of be like I want to go to Bunnings without my face mask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man, <laughs> interesting people, interesting people. 
Oh, yeah. Getting back to uh, real estate, you guys were just talking before we came on. Uh, this, I'm trying to um, push us from where we've just discussed mm. to you were saying something about mid-September. Is this like something to do with a, uh, um, a drop-off in grants or like the the yeah. you say mortgages and stuff like that? Mm. I guess um, at the moment the market seems really good. Everything seems to be really busy and ticking over. Yep. Um, there's a lot of security out there at the moment with things like JobKeeper, JobSeeker, Job everything or the creative names they came up with yep. mm. a lot of those are due to end at the end of september and a lot of bank mortgages that are on hold at the moment are due to end at the end of september yeah so obviously they'll probably change that getting close to september but as it currently stands that's when the cutoff date is yeah so there's a bit of an argument out there of what's going to happen to the property market when that happens mm. is yep. it going to drop dramatically like a financial cliff face or will it continue to tick over mm. and that's the uncertainty so what we've been sort of talking about a lot of clients at the moment is that the market is good, really good now. Mm. And what John and I have been suggesting to some clients is that if you're half thinking about selling, you know, in the traditional springtime, maybe it might be worthwhile considering moving that time frame up a little bit and okay. trying to, to cash in while there is a stronger market out there. Yep. Um, just to protect yourself. Like hopefully nothing changes and we're just being doomsday preppers. But at the same time, it's that unknown and everything that's happened this year with all the different unknowns, why wait for the September and springtime when the market is incredibly busy right now? Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. So if you're half sitting on the fence and thinking about selling. So strike while the iron's hot kind pretty of much, idea. Yeah. You were saying something about you can't predict the future or you, oh. uh, you're only equipped to. Yeah, so how, how this came, conversation came about is Pat and I went on a, an appraisal together yesterday with, in West Moona and the young couple um, had been wanting to move from West Moona down to Franklin and we, we spent a lot of time figuring out what the big rocks are in their property that's going to um, – that they should be working on as quickly as possible to get it ready for sale. Yep. Um, and then we looked at – you know, we had this lot, um, different angles. Do they – will they move out? Do they find a rental? Do they buy first? You know, what are all the different possible ways they could make this work? And then she just asked us a question and this is where he said, is it um, – she, she was really concerned about, um, you know, is the, is the market going to drop off the face of a cliff after this exact time frame? So obviously she's highly detailed oriented person yeah so, so she's been doing a lot of research in that front um and that's where pat and i were just reflecting is that well look um as a real estate agent we can only give you advice on what the market is doing today yes this um, is what you're talking about yes. so because it's just a means that um well we don't know what's going to happen in september but we can give you advice today yeah uh because we're um we're not um recognizing what our purpose is it's not to be economists and to predict and to and i always think that if everyone ever asks i'll just say look i've got to put a different hat on um and i'm just going to be guessing at this point because yep. um, I, I usually just say refer to people much smarter than me for that opinion um, and that's what we just said to them well look if this is a real commitment to you um, we know it's hot right now and we gave them all the statistics to support that as it and that's when we're just like well if you are committed to this and you're worried about what might happen well then maybe it's best just, just to go now while we know it's working well yeah um, and you know that, I think that sort of just gave us something different to think about where as opposed to trying to wait for the you know wait for things to change and then you make a move because you're looking for some certainty your certainty is today so if this is what you want now's the time to act um and that that conversation isn't always the same in all circumstances too so um, currently your advice is let's go to market whereas in another market or at another time it could be let's get the carpets fixed or let's do this little thing mm. rather than kind of hit the button now but at the moment while it's hot you might want to jump in if if this is to what you're committed to yeah maybe 
um, negate the risk that could happen in September. That's right. Well, the, the, after that, well, after anything else, after this sort of short period of time is unknown for us. Yes. We know this is right now. Um, so if you want to capitalise on that, now's the time to do it. So it's sort of uh, where she was thinking she might have waited a little bit longer, but just you know encouraging her. Well, if this is if you're committed to this, it might be worth you bringing your time frame in sooner. And the only reason they were waiting was that they're halfway through doing a bit of renovation work. They're halfway through painting the outside of the house. They're working on fixing the kitchen up and a few bits and pieces. Yeah. Mm. And that's why they were putting this September time frame on themselves because they're like, oh, we're going to need this time to get it done. So as the conversation went on, we actually the conversation started shifting to, well, how do we get this done to help you guys get moving? So yeah. what trades can we help bring to the table that can help you guys get to where you need to be to yep. make this happen in 30 days, not in 120 days, for instance? So, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's been really good. We've... Um, helping him out with a painter, getting some quotes organised. Um, John's been talking to him about how to style the property well and I think um, that's what a lot of people don't realise as well is that they think the real estate agent is just there to come in and put at, the property on the internet. And at that point through. where it's ready to go. But, yeah. Our job is to help minimise um, objections for your property yeah. as well yeah. as um, – help streamline the process like mm. so we'll do whatever we need to do if john and i need to go put on some work pants and get a shovel we'll go freaking do it like yeah like whatever it takes to help yep. you get to where you've got to be without as little stress as possible it's in interesting you say role. that because as you said i've we've recommended this painter i know which painter you're talking about and i'm like oh yep phil's out there and he's gonna be quoting it up and doing a rock solid job yeah he rang me yeah. this morning and said he couldn't do it so another guy that he said would be perfect for the job yeah so but, but, that, but that's the thing now with all of us to go we've got like 820 rental properties that we look after so we need a, a vast amount of um you know maintenance crew to look at to help us yeah um if you're a trade listening ring up and give us your details because we'll put you on the list yeah yeah but like as you're saying that i didn't even really clock that i've been working for you guys for a few years and i know that that's a property management side of thing where they've got you know their list of trades that Mm. they're you know will constantly send work through but yeah the idea of kind of being like oh yeah we know these people we can help you get to market it often feels like people only get agents in when it's like i want the appraisal because I'm ready to go right now. Yeah. Not like, oh, I wouldn't mind being ready to go soon, come in and give us the advice. Yeah. Like that just seems like a no-brainer. Get them in as early as you can. Yeah, and look, and mm. if you're 6, 12, 18 months away from getting ready yeah. to sell but you've got a grand plan of what you want to do, we come in, We can come in and give you some advice and if it's worthwhile, um, like are you overcapitalising? Are you hitting it the perfectly? Are you mm. yeah. not doing enough? Like that's – we see houses on a daily basis. We start to know what buyers want. We start to know what will work and make you more money. So we're more than happy to spend 40 minutes, hour, whatever it takes with you just to help you better understand where you need to be. Absolutely. And one of the things I think you could see it in their face too is um, uh, they, they're starting to recognise that their time is worth more than the money that's spent on a guy on a, on a, a tradesperson doing the same work. Um, because like she said, he said, oh, look, she hates the idea of spending money. Yeah, when she thinks oh, I could do it myself, is it? But but in the end, every time you do something yourself, you're trading it for something. You're trading your time for something else too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the same with the gardening. It's like well, I said, well, look, we've got one of our gardeners. We just say it's um it's going up for sale. Get to work. He knows exactly what we need to do. Like there's just all the minimum basic things to make it look neat and um without you know the prop and that's it. I don't even have to tell him anything else. Don't have to admit the property. And it's just we know it's going to be a good price. He's going to work hard and get done quickly. Yeah. Um and then they don't have to spend the next three weekends trying to clear out the garden, do the one just get someone else in there to do it in one day. Um inevitably, the amount of time that they'll be able to get it done 
it'll be it'll actually cost them less. This is about that um, false economy. Remember, now we know what it means. <laughs> is that they could spend? Can, can, if I was to ask you right now, could you explain it yep, all over again? Absolutely. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> I can. I can. I can. So the, the idea of a false economy is that you'd you'd oh. buy, you'd buy you'd buy four cheap batteries as opposed to one. Expecting because you thought, well, the the four those four cheap batteries is a better deal, but ultimately that if you just bought the one good one, it'll last you longer than those four at the beginning. Wasn't that your first example? And then Luke came in and told you that you were wrong. No, that was the example that Luke gave me later. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I, I was just using it wrong. Anyway, so the, <laughs> gotcha. The idea being then is that they they could see well maybe with this whole front area of the garden, well maybe we could just we don't have to worry about it. Someone rips in, we just we pay them. You know what's you know. A, a fair, fair amount for their time and we haven't lost any downtime either you know they've got the sanity they've got the time of the kid they've got the time of the dogs they've yep. got the time for work um and they, they could start to recognize that um you don't always have to go it alone and then you can balance that um the effort that's gone into that where you're then fixing up the other things at the same time yeah um and then that's adding value to your property so you'll the whatever you pay on the um trade doing that will then yes, equate exactly. to the um, profit at the end of the day. Got it. And, and then, we have a really good example of that because John's just done it down at Sandy Bay. Yeah, exactly. And yes, so, well, so I wanted to follow up I on reckon this. we could follow, finish the story up by using John's example. So, yeah. so in both cases then, we were looking at a way of protecting their value. So we talked, but we've talked before about um, enhancing, protecting and overcapitalizing. So for that couple, basically our whole conversation was oriented towards protecting the value by fixing up these things to make sure that people have less butts yep. when they come into it. So well, that story of Norfolk Crescent that we said that we'd have been having trouble with, um, now we just said to the that the owner was uh, happy for us to give the advice on um, doing the work we needed to to remarket it because yeah. So this is the story we've talked we've covered in maybe two episodes. We've we came into this story. We talked we about then, properties that are falling through the cracks. Yes, and then we've come back to it, and you said you know we've painted the walls and stuff like that. So yeah. now we have. The conclusion? That's it, yeah. So where um, what we did was we got in one of our painters to um, – at the front of the deck we completely um, washed, stained it so it looked, you know, it came up nicely. Um, we completely repainted the, the, the apartment. Um, and also too because that before we were pointing out that we'd had condensation issues, we made sure the painter – um, use the right materials, you know, extra coats and the right paints to ensure that that's minimised, that, yep. you know, the mould had been completely uh, properly cleaned. Um, and then, of course, we got um, the, the shift property crew, uh, styling crew to come in and um, put the furniture in the unit. And it was, so, it was so interesting too because even in those old photos where the bed was positioned differently in the room, he yeah. positioned it differently and it, and it made the whole space just come alive completely differently. It was even, as I said, because I went back and did the photos for the second time through and mm. reshot the property, that it opened up different angles to shoot and make the property look um, appealing from yes. kind of the, the way the bed was um, facing one way. It didn't really open up this shot to be kind of, oh, this is a, a functional space. That's right. Whereas I said to you, I said, oh, I actually had a few different shots that I could take, which then we added to the marketing material or kind of overhauled the whole thing and um, kind of, you know, we got the – really made the suburb a um, a selling point as well. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like from that you had a really good response really quite swiftly. Without question. And that um, – where before it was going to be looking like we'd have to be adjusting the price to say 300 to just, you know, make the – to, to meet the market where they would maybe think that, okay, this is something I could work with. Um, after doing all that work, we just re-advertised it back at the, the price at the, um, uh, the um, 320000 had We had, again, there was you know another 12 inquiries came through like within a few days. Um, we'd hosted about seven or eight inspections and had an offer four days later for the price the owner wanted. So it's, it's just amazing that 
that something so simple or like again taking on the advice of the agent and being like oh look I think if we did this we you know and it's not an easy thing to do like we're not talking yeah. about 200 bucks here we're talking 3 or 4000 dollars no and mm. at the point where John had made this call with the owner Property had already been on the market for several for um, over a month. Yeah, mm. and so the owner's like, "Is my house ever going to sell?" And John came to the owner with a proposal, shifted the narrative, sold it for what the owner wanted. Yeah, no, which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, the, so, so he, he had to have the confidence in yeah. in John and what he was suggesting to him as well. And mm. in that breath, you've you've said, you know, you thought you're going to have to adjust it down to your three hundred mark, whereas yep. you know you've ended up getting what the asking price was. Yeah, yeah, three twenty, which you've spent you three or four grand. But However, that three or four grand Isn't wouldn't it? have existed if you sold it for the – so we would have missed out on 16 grand That's right. or so when you put it all in the, um, exactly in the maps right. machine. Yep, and, then, and, that to a, and that was sort of, a, a, sort of a, a scenario too going back to that young couple at first, like, oh, but we're concerned that whatever we – you know, are we going to get this back? It's like, absolutely. Because um, that, you know, in that case then what happens then when you get to the, the final stages of um, pr- pr- presentation is that all this work we're suggesting to them was about protecting it and then if they were to move out, you know, if, if it was possible and we were to style it and do those final bits of painting, well, then that's going to enhance the perception and the then potential sale value because people can completely see the unit differently. And yeah. that's what painting and styling that little one in Norfolk Crescent did. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's, and and you, you even saw it differently, you know. Oh, no, it did. Yeah. And like I said, like I've looked at it from different angles and kind of was able to capture what the space actually was rather than – and look, it's a tricky one. I know the day that we were down shooting for the first time, you know, the tenant there had – Moved so much of her, yeah. And she was in a tricky spot because her hair salon was, um, you know, she had all all, all that stuff, all that there, stock yeah. that she couldn't jet all her hair chairs, and we put them in a space. And mm. so working around all that, you know, it does change the way that you could shoot that property. So we actually had a opportunity to have a clean slate, yep, a brand new slate with fresh walls, and you know, got to shoot the kitchen from a different way, and you know, kind of open up the possibilities and create that, as Pat said, narrative of you know, this is a really nice functional space for, I think you said the purchaser was really happy. She was like, this is yeah, exactly what, what I've been I'm, looking for. She's going to move in herself. And, yeah, yeah it's it's bang on. Well, and then um, and the, the thing is too is that the downtime was about 10 to 14 days from taking off the original advertisement, getting a painter in, getting it styled, getting you in, getting it relaunched yep. was not didn't even take us two weeks. Yeah. And boom, we had a contract three days later, you know. So, um, yeah, that and that bit really kind of blows me out that there can be a – it can be there, it can be on the market, but then, you know, you've got 12 interested people who, you know, maybe they saw it before but maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe they were like, oh, you know, I never saw it in that light or they were just kind of like, oh, this place looks amazing. Like this is a brand new thing. Yep. I know it was tricky when I was creating some social media posts. I'm like, do I market this as a new listing or fresh listing? So I went with mm-hmm. the term fresh rather than being like, I don't want people being like, oh, you know, trying to pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to say this is a brand new listing. I was just like, oh, well, I better kind of make well, sure they think. Well, I, I, I had a call from a bloke who said, oh, I know this house has been on the market. Are you having? Are you, are you the second agent to have a crack at it? And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I didn't realise I, I was the exact same agent. <laughs> you just had gone from a blue jacket to a red jacket. Yeah, to a red jacket. And that was sort of the handy thing too because we'd obviously shifted it from our old brand to the new one. So it was, like, it was all these little really good little ways that we could mix it in. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, um, so it was. Yeah, it's amazing then to wrap that up 
to come to this point where even even in a good market, you know, you still need to be doing the right things to the property in order to bring people through. So, and that was the thing I said to the couple. I said she, well, we both said was that she said, oh, but what if I do all this work and then the, and the market drops? I said, well, the, the fundamentals of selling never change, and that's to get the presentation right. You know, yep. so it, regardless of what the market is doing, is that you still got to position the property so it's it's the best it can be in the market at any time. Yeah, mm. sounds good to me. Sure does, Pat. I'm so so happy with all your input today, mate. You know what? A big just back off. (laughs) (laughs) I was busy at the start of the episode and John's story at the end. I was actually sincere right then. It might have sounded (laughs) like it wasn't, but I am very happy. And then that that was sincere. You know my sincere voice. (laughs) I'm very happy with your input today, Patrick. And I'm also happy with yours, John. Well, I must say it is nice now we're all working together because all of us have got the different levels of complementary skills. So it's nice then to integrate that to be able to provide those services to our clients with the two companies now together. And that's sort of something that I was probably one of the most things I was excited about working with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that really um, played off when we were chatting with those guys yesterday as far as I was concerned. Now I'm just looking forward to Friday afternoons playing the Hogs of War um, card game that Pat oh, yeah. purchased the other day. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we didn't get scammed. I've had no correspondence <laughs> and so forth, but <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. If not, we'll just find an emulator and play online. <laughs> but it's been a busy month. Um, thanks for everyone for listening along to the Property Pod again. Sorry it's a little bit late this week. Uh, as we said, it's been busy and we have been cracking um, the whip out there in the field. This is true. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you next week. Woo! Well, I'll see you in five minutes, but we'll yeah. see you on the mics next week. We Sounds will. good. All right. Thanks, guys. Catch Bye. Us. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this